This is part one of a three-part podcast. Hi, my name is Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. Record on this computer. Oh, it says recording. Uh, I hope I hope it actually is. Um, all right. Hey, uh, I'm I'm Paul. This is the, uh, the the podcast thing. I've got Chris McClellan with me. He also goes by Uncle Mud. Um, and by that name, you might infer that he uh, plays with Cobb. Um, and uh, he was one of our innovators at the uh, the Rocket Mass Heater Workshop Jamboree this year. Uh, he made the most artifacts, uh, and he's going to be running our appropriate technology course uh, this upcoming summer. Uh, hi, Chris. Thanks for coming. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be back in sunny Montana, at least virtually. <laughs> Virtually, yeah, and I just got done plowing a bunch of snow just before we started recording, because um, uh, we're it's currently snowing here pretty heavy. Uh, now, <laughs> the things we're going to talk about today, we're going to cover the Rocket Mass Heater Workshop Jamboree and all the stuff that happened at that, and we're going to that's our primary you know mission today, thoroughly cover all the things that happened there. Uh, then we're going to talk about the appropriate technology course that is coming up. And, and there's still a lot of details to be hammered out, but by the time people hear this podcast, the webpage will be up and we'll be selling tickets. And so I hope yes. that the webpage up and we're selling tickets by January 1st, 2018. And I should point out Excellent. that the appropriate technology course starts on July 9th and goes to July 20th this year. Um and then after we're done talking about those two things, then you're going to share some uh, information about some courses that you taught uh, recently since the Jamboree. And I know that you're about to go down to the Caribbean uh, to teach some natural building stuff down there. So we're going to talk about all of these things uh, in this podcast. So if I turn what the what the hell are you doing? Are you dancing while talking on this podcast? Stop. Just sit down. Record a podcast. I'm just sitting here. I need to not move around as much. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Okay. Maybe the microphone is attached to your chair or something. I don't know what that sound was. Um. <laughs> all right. All right. Um. Uh. First of all, let's let's, let's get started on the jamboree. The, uh. You created three artifacts. At the Jamboree this year, and uh, which is the record. I mean, uh, there were a lot of people creating a lot of things. And there's a lot of fascinating stuff to talk about. But uh, uh, you created the Season Extender, which is a rocket mass heater, a wet-tolerant rocket mass heater for a green. Typically, this design is for a greenhouse, but you built it totally outside in a hugelkultur bed. So uh, it's going to make it so that whatever we grow on that hugelkultur bed, we can go and put a fire to it whenever it gets a certain level of cold, and it'll be a season extender. Uh, and then, so that was one of the three things that you built. The second thing that you built was uh, you called it the bun warmer. And so this is uh, our, our replacement for Matt Walker's Ring of Fire. Um, and it's got it's got some uh, perks and it's got some things that we lost. Like we don't with the ring of fire we can look at the fire, but with the bun warmer we can't look at the fire. Uh, but with the ring of fire it petered out after a couple of years. But the bun warmer I doubt it will peter out. Uh, the ring of fire was outside, uh, and the bun warmer is outside, but it's kind of it's it's in a, it's in the berm shed, and so it's got a shelter-esque kind of stuff to it. No walls, but a roof. There's also no cob to uh, wash away, even if it were completely outside. 
Now, are you are you thinking of putting some cob on that at all to kind of prettify it, or are you thinking you're going to leave it the way that it is right now? See, I'm I'm actually one of those instant gratification sort of people, so uh, I like not having to wait an hour or two for the cob to uh, for the heat to go through the cob to warm my butt. I want fire, and I want a warm butt, and I want it now. The way so I, I'm going to leave it like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of found that it wasn't. I mean, first of all, it isn't doesn't look very natural. It doesn't look like oh, no. This cob, of course, is rather beautiful. Um, yes. And it's gonna. What it is is it's a a collection of barrels that have been welded together. <laughs> Basically, so, yes, yes. Uh, and it's it's using the stratification chamber style. Um, and, uh, so it did, it did warm up rather nicely. In fact, we were measuring it, you know, a lot and it was like 85 degrees everywhere. Um, uh, and so it was nice, did warm your butt, but it was like, I, I kind of thought I'm okay with sitting here for 45 minutes, but I think past that, I'm not sure. What was that sound? Is that, uh, was that a phone? I don't know. Uh, I don't know because I actually don't have a phone going oh okay <laughs> so um i am talking to you on my phone oh all right all right all right yes uh, uh so anyway the uh um it's a series of, of barrels that have been cut into a big so it looks almost like a big donut with a bite out of it and then where the bite is out of the donut that's where you can walk in to sit in the in the ring and so, yes. uh, which is kind of, which is an improvement over the Ring of Fire because the Ring of Fire, you had to kind of crawl over in and then put your feet into the middle of the donut. Um, yeah. And so, whereas this, you could just you know walk in without having to crawl over anything. Um, but uh, uh, it does. I mean, it looks like it looks like a bunch of barrels welded together, which is not a great aesthetic. Um, so I kind of thought, well, maybe at some point there's going to be like. Uh, some cob augmentation on the sides, so that way the there'll be a, a metal strip that is the part that warms your butt rather directly, but it's held in place with uh, I don't know maybe cob. I'm just making this shit up. I have no idea what what might. It could quite easily actually uh, have uh, be improved by uh, a um, a back like a seat back. Um, that seat back could even be uh, a hollow metal bell so that it warms as well. Uh, but if the seat back and the angle between the seat and the seat back uh, cradled you better, I think that uh, I mean, even if it's just a little bit of gravel in there to uh, so that you're not sitting on a round barrel, but you're sitting on something that's more – uh, curvy butt shaped. Um, that might be uh, that might be the improvement you're looking for. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and and yes. uh, uh, you could do it with, or you could probably even do it do something with wood, so that you have kind of a wood back, you know, and then and then if the if the back is open to the barrel, then it would actually allow some of the heat to go up to the back. Possible. Right. Right. Anyway, um, uh, all right. So then that was that was the second item, and the third item is uh, the cottage rocket, and um, yes, that was put into our wood shop. Um, and uh, and in fact, I I haven't been down to look at it, but Fred was telling me about how the uh, uh, side barrel has been attached, so it it routes the heat to the side barrel. Um, to try and extract more heat before it goes up and out of the shop. Um, oh, excellent! We we were we were uh, uh, actually just talking about that and wondering whether the uh, putting the larger uh, insulated uh, exhaust on it to go up through the roof had given us enough uh, enough thrust to uh, to have enough heat left over to do that. And so Fred's saying that it is indeed working that way. It is working that way. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. 
This is actually my favorite. This, uh, the cottage rocket, which is also, uh, being bandied about as a workshop rocket is my favorite right now because it's getting a lot of, uh, play a lot. Uh, we just built one in Denver last weekend and, uh, uh, we're getting ready to build one at my dad's house, uh, later this month, um, uh, with a pizza oven in the top of it. And, uh, uh, and we're building one for a greenhouse that's a com- combination between that and the season extender, uh, at the end of the, at the end of the month. And, uh, we were talking actually on Facebook uh, about uh, whether the next one was going to be at my dad's house, and somebody uh, out of the blue pipes up and says, "Well, no, it's not going to be at your dad's house. It's going to be in Portland because I've been building one as I've been watching what you guys have been doing. So it'll be up in a couple of days. So uh, <laughs> I'm kind of pleased at how it's uh, it's getting some traction among people who." Uh, we're having trouble um, finding the rocket heater uh, accessible. Uh, one of the particular bonuses, I might add, is that, uh, uh, that in the, when the weather when the weather is crappy and you don't want to be mixing cob, which is what I've I've usually been filling the insides of these things with, um, the gravel works almost as well, just as you had said. Um, and uh, so we've been doing that. Uh, it has the added bonus of uh, uh, being able to build it outside where one ought to build and test the rocket heater and then take it inside, uh, take it apart and take it inside. So, um, so yes, the gravel, uh, is, uh, uh, is, is one of my favorite takeaways from spending time up there at, uh, Wheaton Labs. Um, uh, I was, I was definitely, uh, a bit, um, dubious of that, uh, uh, of, of the usefulness of it, but I'm, I, uh, I'm a convert now. Um, so I'm not going to change my name to Uncle Gravel, but, uh, <laughs> but it did, but it does, it does work. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I'll take a, a, a line from my buddy Sunray Kelly. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I, I, I prefer to use indigenous machinery, uh, rather than, uh, uh, mixing everything by hand. And, uh, I use a lot of, repurposed materials, scrap metal, barrels, and stuff like that with my mud. Um, because uh, junk is actually the only increasing natural resource that we have. Hello? Just, uh, 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 I'm just using more mud uh, and more junk. Um, so I, I think... Every- I think an important thing with the gravel, with the, using the pea gravel for our rocket mass heater endeavors, is that um, it works. It, I mean, cob is better. Cob cob holds the heat better, and, yes. and it'll it'll hold more because it's using it's heated with conductive heat. I mean, I, I could go on with so much analysis that we've done between the pea gravel, but the pea gravel is working quite well, way better than we ever expected it would. And, yeah. and it's like, I'm, I'm going to say, and, and I think I've been saying this now for a, a year and a half, and I think I've been getting others, like even Ernie, to agree to this, that the pea gravel works 80%, like holds heat 80% as well as cob. And I, I, would you, I don't know if you've got enough experience with pea gravel at this point to be able to say that or not. Um, uh, you know, I would say between between 65 and 80 is what I'm finding. It's the uh, the the major thing I'm going for with these cottage rockets is putting um, uh, is is I, I want to put uh, five to nine hundred degree heat into uh, a small thermal mass and have that slowly release after the fire has gone out um hours later yeah. uh and uh, and I have a 2 foot diameter space in which to do this uh to make up for the lack of a 3 to 6 ton cob bench um uh, so uh the cob works very well uh and the uh and the gravel um doesn't work as well but as a workshop heater I'm finding I really like it uh because I in a workshop situation, my tools don't care what temperature they are. Uh, I, I want some heat now, 
and, and I'll, I want a little bit later, and I don't want to be blasted out. Um, we built one of these in a – the one we built last weekend uh, was in a, in a trailer, um, and uh, like a single-wide trailer, and uh, even with uh, the mass that we were able to put in it, um, it, it uh, you, you have to feed the fire gently um, because uh, it gets very warm in there even when it's uh, 10 degrees outside, which is – which is nice, um, and uh, and we wanted uh, when I keep going with this to see what we can do. The gravel is definitely helpful, um, and um, in the case of the um, the season extender uh, rocket, uh, we're going to put this in a greenhouse uh, later in January, um, and um, most of the man hours that we put into building the last rocket heater at that location were just put into sculpting a cob bench and then sealing it with hemp oil. Uh, it just took forever. And uh, having the ability to, uh, um, uh, to, to have a gravel bench, first of all, so that we can water seedlings right there on the bench uh, without ruining our cob, uh, and second of all, so that, we have a thermal mass bench um, that didn't take a um, uh, hundred man hours or more to build. Um, that's that's a significant uh, barrier down for in- implementation of these rocket heaters in greenhouses. We just don't have time to make cob everywhere we might like to. Yeah. Now, I think one of the big things about the uh, the pebble style stuff uh, is that. Um, uh, if, you, if you're gonna, if you ever utter the phrase like, okay, and then I'm gonna need to move it, then it's like, you know, drop the cop, do pebble style, uh, and so then, absolutely, you know, and a great thing is like, okay, sometimes I want to move it outside in order to be able to do burr burr burr, and it's like, the pebble style stuff is great because then you could go, you just get a shop back, suck out all the pebbles, <laughs> put them in yeah. the buckets in about five minutes. And then everything else yeah. is now really lightweight and easy to move. And then you just dump those five gallon buckets of pebbles back in in five minutes and you're done. And it's like, you're not going to do anything like that with cop. Now, okay. I want right. to get back to the cottage, the, the, the cottage style rocket mass heater here in a moment, but just real quick, I want to kind of, um, uh, plow through the other things that were created at this year's jamboree. So, um, so those were the three things that you created. Uh, and then yeah. I, I'd have to say that uh, there's a couple of, of big, big stars in the other things that were created. Uh, one of them is is the cyclone heater that's in the red cabin. Um, uh, it's a piece of art, really. Uh, what a, what yes. a beautiful thing. I mean, I think, I think uh, I mean, there was a lot of finishing touches that were put on it after you left. Um, I don't know if you yeah. see it now with the, the pictures uh, with it with the uh, um, the plasters on it because when you left I think it was yeah still- Kirk yeah Kirk Mobert did a fact fantastic job with uh, how do I make something super super efficient uh, out of cob and uh, and a hundred dollars worth of brick. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and this, this, cause this is accessible, um, anywhere. Um, we're, uh, you know, we're finding that the sheet metal stuff is more accessible in the, uh, post industrial waste stream world that I live in. Uh, but, uh, some of the places like, uh, Jamaica where I'm going next week, there's no such thing as post industrial waste stream because this is the stuff that everybody scrounges and lives off of. Uh, there's, there's no stuff being thrown away. Uh, and a lot of the world, uh, doesn't have the luxury of metal being thrown away. That's just an insane thought in most of the world. So, uh, being able to make something out of mud or mud bricks, uh, um, that's simple and elegant and works, uh, as well as, uh, uh, Kirk Mobert's, uh, um, cyclone heater there, uh, is fantastic. Um, and, uh, I, I do like that the, uh, the batch heater, um, was able to get a little bit of an up from, uh, uh, from 
stepping away from uh, fancy doors uh, and just using that little lid instead. That was my little contribution uh, to use a, uh, a Pyrex casserole dish lid as the uh, door of the uh, of the cyclone heater instead of trying to figure out how to bolt metal things to mud. Um, that's that's just a kind of a uh, a frustrating proposition uh, any day. As far as the innovators event portion, because the, the the jamboree format I thought was really fantastic, and so there's three parts. The the first part was a two day rocket mass heater workshop with four tracks, uh, and so there were four different things being built simultaneously, or four different things happening at the same time, and students could wander around. And then part two was the innovators event. So for five days, our uh, five innovators uh, innovated and and created you know new things. And then uh, for part three, we had a four-day workshop, uh, and I think there were three different tracks going on uh, of th- you know three different builds that people could wander around and participate in. So I I I really like the format that we had for that. Um, but now for the innovators portion, so part two, I believe, I think, it's it's my my feels say that the big win was that door, which I'm, I, I now kind of feel really embarrassed that we didn't uh, think of it sooner. I mean, for years we've been struggling with a door for a batch box system. I mean, the door for the J-tube system is really, really easy. Um, it's two bricks, you know, but you just right, right. move over the opening, and that's that's all you do, and it works great. It works really, really well. But well, see, Paul, this is the go ahead. Uh, but, but with the batch box system, it's kind of like the exact thing that you said: trying to attach a door to masonry. That turn was turning into a universal fail. That rarely ever actually worked. So then we're like coming up with these elaborate welded things that wrap around the masonry and uh, they they would turn into an enormous project and uh, sometimes taking people a week to create an appropriate solution and it's like suddenly uh, and the rest of the build like a, a J-tube style rocket mass heater for a workshop is typically a day and a half build uh, and then these uh, these batch box systems were like turning into these, you know, uh, five- to seven-day builds in order to have a proper door. And without a proper door, and there was a, there's a lot of people going all over the world building so-called batch box rocket mass heaters, and they weren't putting on a fucking door. And so then it was just a useless piece of shit. And then people would go to try to use it and be like, this is terrible. It doesn't work worth a damn. It's just all the smoke pours out the front. Because there's no door. And then they would say, rocket mass heaters suck. And it's like, no, 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 don't call that a rocket mass heater. That's, that's like, uh, it's not done yet. <clears throat> so, so we were getting like this horrible reputation because of these matchbox rocket mass heaters that were not finished. And people were, they didn't, they weren't told that they weren't finished and they were trying to use them. And so it was. Well, what? Mess. One of the things that that one of one of the problems you smart people run into is that uh, that you tend to overthink things, and uh, um, my best solutions uh, come from my uh, dumb moments when I just like stop trying to be clever and just grab whatever's sitting around uh, and and make it do. Uh, and, uh, and if you are trying to put something on the side of, you're probably trying to put a door on the side of, uh, of a wood stove, uh, you know, you're not going to do that with a casserole lid, but if you take some mud and, and, and make a slanted, uh, doorway so you can lean it against something, um, okay, now you can put a casserole dish lid on that. Um, and, and the, uh, the keep it simple thing is uh just really works well for me um because because awesome. uh, anytime i try to complicate things uh, uh a dozen other problems show up so i want to i want to skip past it for now i want to come back to the to the casserole door and come back to the cyclone heater here in a moment 
um, just kind of bebopping through what we're going to cover today. The next one is is, uh, is Minnie Mouse. So this is actually something that was created two years ago by Peter Vandenberg, um, and then it was installed in the Red Cabin. Um, and then as Donkey was uh, coming up with what is going to be his project for the first part, he, he went through probably eight different designs, and, and originally he was going to build something in the Love Shack, and then finally he, he settled on this design for the Cyclone Heater, but he wanted to take the Minnie Mouse Rocket Mass Heater out of the Red Cabin and put it up at the Love Shack. And so um, uh, Minnie Mouse was working okay, not fantastic, and... Uh, so once it was taken up there to the to the Love Shack, then Peter got hold of it, and he decided he wanted to change a bunch of stuff about it because of some of the things people were saying that they didn't like about it. So he did. He really overhauled it, and it's now – so Minnie Mouse is now at the Love Shack. So the Love Shack now has heat, and, um, and so we'll talk about Minnie Mouse more here in a moment. Um, another project that uh, was not on the agenda – but we had a, a, a couple uh, staying up there, and they were rocket mass heater savvy, uh, staying up at the teepee. And it was working poorly. And so um, Donkey was here early, and uh, so Donkey went up to try and, and take a look at it. And lots and lots of theories around. But um, I believe it was like on the first day of the Innovators event or the second day of part one or something like that. Ernie went up there, and Ernie took a look, and um, and Ernie Ernie fixed it. So I'm going to talk about the the fix up at the TT, but that was that turned into one of the projects that was going on. And then uh, Peter brought a brand new design uh, to the Innovators event, which was really cool. Um, <laughs> he called it the double shoebox design. And uh, so it, it's, it solves one of the problems of batch box rocket mass heaters. Um, uh, one of, so two of the batch box problems were solved at this year's Innovators event, and there's still two left. But uh, this, was, this was a fascinating-looking thing. It, it has no – it's a rocket mass heater that does not have a riser, but it still burns clean. And uh, uh, so we saw the double shoebox evolve – during uh, part two, and then during part three, Peter decided to install it uh, as part of the build that was uh, scheduled to go up at Allerton Abbey uh, to be a uh, rocket uh, wood cook stove and oven. And um, uh, so more about that here uh, in a moment. Um, I think I think that's I think that's all the all all of the creations that were completed. Am I am I leaving anything out? I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff that happened during the jamboree. Um, so there was that stuff where they were trying to melt glass with a rocket core, uh, and then there was uh, stuff. What are you doing, man? I'm not doing anything. I'm just standing here. Are we making noises? It sounded like a bunch of noises. I don't know cool. It sounds like you were like, uh, uh, moving furniture around or something like that while uh, you know while you're waiting for me to stop talking. <laughs> Maybe I should actually just start moving furniture around when I want to talk, so that that that'd work. Yeah. It, 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 uh, it's a so the the some of the things I was most pleased about. I know you, you like to talk artifacts because that's so important to what you do. Um, but some of what I was most pleased about was the um, uh, with, coming out of uh, um, the uh, the uh, the jamboree uh, was uh, first of all uh, there were a bunch of people in the Eastern Bloc countries um, watching very eagerly what we were doing. People who uh, perhaps never going to be able to afford to even take time off to take a rocket mass heater workshop even if it was in their own backyard, uh, but are living in areas of the world where uh, deforestation is, is a major uh, crisis and being and freezing to death is a major concern, um, and pollution is another major concern, um, and they don't have any resources to attack it um, uh, except their own brains. And, 
And so watching what we were doing and asking questions based on the, uh, the great, um, uh, publicity Atelio was giving us on Facebook, uh, was, uh, was really, uh, great to watch in real time, uh, folks staying up half the night to, to watch what we would post and ask questions on it. Um, and, uh, uh, and some of the rocket heater stuff going on over there where, um, where necessity is the mother of invention, um, is, is kind of cool. Uh, the other thing was, um, one of the, uh, uh, one of the workshop attendees, uh, um, Travis, who lives over in Mongolia, uh, came with a specific set of, uh, of problems and opportunities, um, uh, for rocket heating, um, as relating to, uh, Mongolian housing. Um, that are kind of unique to Mongolian housing, but the solutions themselves would be applicable uh, in uh, in lots of places. Um, and uh, uh, watching what he's doing is is uh, is kind of cool. Um, and uh, one of the attendees from Denver, uh, a sheet metal guy named uh, Chris Kendall, uh, uh, has just been on fire about this stuff. Um, and I ended up dragging Kirk Mobert and I to Denver, uh, two weeks ago, um, to have a, uh, a maker gathering, uh, where rather than try to explain to all of his coworkers what he's been doing, uh, he got us to come out there and start building stuff in his yard, uh, and had a, had a party with everybody coming over and, uh, sticking their hands in the clean exhaust and, uh, and watching how you could, uh, forge metal with a, uh, uh, uh you know, with a rocket heater, uh, or a hair dryer and some coals. And, uh, and then we built, uh, uh, one of those cottage rockets and put it in his, uh, his single wide trailer and, uh, and it's, it's cooking, it's heating everything. Uh, but so watching what people are doing with this, uh, watching what, uh, Jamie and, uh, and them went home and did to build onto their rockets that they've been living with for a couple of years now, uh, watching what everybody's doing, uh, with the information, with the contacts, the people have been asking questions all over the world about, uh, about Peter's, uh, new shoebox design and what does this mean and, and how do I make it work? And, uh, um, and, uh, he's able to answer them. Uh, and they're, and people are making things like this just, uh, based on these conversations that happened, uh, you know, uh, sitting on the warm bench, uh, up in Montana, pretty cool stuff. That's, that's my favorite bit is the social, the social interaction and the, uh, uh, the virtual impetus that it's given to the community, um, from, from a bunch of people, uh, lighting things on fire. And and then uh, for for the notes that I wrote down for the podcast, the the very first note I got is is that uh, what an amazing group of students we had. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, and and it's you know we we had at the PPP we had some students that were sour, and so but we didn't have a single student that was sour at the jamboree, and uh, I think I think a lot of previous events that we've had here we've had a lot of great students, but. You know, it just takes having an event where you've got some sour students where you start to really appreciate uh, an event where it's like the students are just fantastic. And and this time it was like, man, a, a, a lot of uh, uh, hardworking folks, a lot of people brought a lot of stuff. So you uh, you, you mentioned that that fellow from Denver um, and and Chris, he, yeah, 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 Chris McClellan. He uh, not Chris McClellan. Uh, uh, yeah. Chris Kendall. Chris Kendall, that's it. I always I kept calling him Mr. Kendall because that way I'm not confusing with the other Chris's. Right. Um, we we call him Tin Tin Man and he brought his own tools and a whole bunch of uh of uh sheet metal parts to work with. Uh and uh every time uh we'd go to build something and he'd say, What are you doing? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? And then when he explained what we were trying to do, and he was happy to be there for getting the theory behind it, but then he'd go shake his head and he'd go to his truck and he'd pull out the right tool, some of which I'd never seen before, and he'd come back and he'd show me how to use it and uh, 
uh, and we'd get more done and it was pretty darn cool. Um, and, uh, the, um, uh, and you know, and, uh, I have to tell you, your, your staff there is really coming together. It was really great uh, working with Fred and Jay and, and everybody. Um, and, uh, uh, the, uh, cause they just, you know, they really supported the, the workshop. Right. I think, I think when people got disinterested in certain parts of certain projects, then, um, Fred and the Boots would jump in and get it done. So, so basically any, anything that other people didn't feel like doing, that, that they would jump in and, and do it for them. And then of course, you know, let's, uh, let's provide plenty of transportation and let's provide plenty of, uh, cleanup. We did, in fact, uh, our previous Rock Mass Theater events were um, loaded to the gills. Like, like it took us months to clean up after the event. But this time, uh, uh, because I, and I think it's dominantly because of Fred and the Boots, it was like everything was kept clean the whole time. And so when the whole event was over, it was like maybe a week to clean up. Um, but and so I think that that really added a lot to the event myself. But but I think that the students themselves did a lot to help keep things picked up and clean and tidy and and then um, but but yeah you're right um, uh, so uh, uh, Mr. Kendall brought he brought a, a kind of a dock thing I had never seen before um, and uh, and he just brought tons of stuff and it just seemed like he was like fueling all kinds of projects with all kinds of things it was really really amazing yeah. Yeah. Well, and of course, uh, uh, Caitlin and Jocelyn, uh, uh, were fueling our bellies with <laughs> such good stuff. Uh, that's true. I, I think that the food, uh, worked out quite well. I was, uh, I was very worried about, um, costs, but, uh, in the end, the costs were, were good. They, they, they kept it on, on budget and, uh, and, and I think the food was great. We had, we had great, great food. Um, so, all right, uh, uh, let's let's jump into it. Let's start by doing a thorough and complete analysis of the cottage style pocket mass heater because that is that is an incredible thing. And and I think at the tippy top of the list for me is that it's kind of like uh, uh, you you can change it so so readily to, to serve different functions. And it's good for a, a, a tiny house install. And I think I think when we jump into it, the first thing we have to do for the for this particular installation, it's in a shop. And the needs of a shop is different than the needs for a house. Because uh in a house, you wanna keep it warm. You want you want the house to stay very consistently warm. Uh you you know, uh you wanna be able to go to bed and wake up in the morning and it's still warm. Every day is warm, as opposed to a shop, which is that when you walk out of the shop and you go to the house, you don't care if it gets totally cold in there the moment you leave. And when you come in right. uh, four days later uh, to do something, it's going to be everything in there is bone cold, and and you you want it to get you want to want it to warm up very very fast. And then be warm as long as you're there. So yes, needs the needs are different. Therefore, the design is different. All right. Well, sure. the the cool thing the cool thing about about the the, the cottage rocket barrel thingy. Um, basically, uh, when I was designing my daughter's treehouse heater. Uh, we're, we're going to try to keep her treehouse that she lives in warm, uh, through, uh, the Cleveland, Ohio, uh, winter, uh, through the night, uh, without taking up all of her, uh, eight foot by 12 foot footprint, uh, with a, uh, with a large thermal mass bench and without, uh, collapsing the floor or knocking the tree down because we're using three to five tons of, of, uh, of thermal mass. That, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's been a design challenge for rocket heaters. And, um, uh, my, uh, response to it has been um to put a um 
to, to have a um, a small heater that fits in the footprint of two uh, uh, fits in the footprint of a 50 gallon drum or even a 35 gallon drum. The first one was a 35 gallon drum. Uh, and uh, the J tube is embedded in a cob um, uh, in a cob or gravel thermal mass inside of the uh, uh, the drum. Uh, and you can even put a second drum on top of that. For more radiant surface, uh, you can even fill that with thermal mass if you want. But we have the J-tube going up through the center of that and coming back down uh, from uh, the top where it's the hottest. We have um, we have two uh, um, manifolds uh, coming down to allow us to uh, run that exhaust back through the thermal mass um, and. Uh, uh, and then um, we have a manifold at the base of it to uh, where we're our, um, uh, the exhaust comes out the back uh, that allows us to evenly warm that thermal mass pretty quickly and uh, not, not just warm it, but get it up to uh, five, six, seven, nine hundred degrees. Because uh, if we can do that, we end up um, being able to um, slowly release heat. Uh, from that really hot, um, small thermal mass. And, um, that, uh, that makes a big difference, uh, over time as opposed to, uh, your other choice for a small space is, is a wood stove that you're gonna damp down, um, in order to, and make it less efficient and more dirty in order to get a long burn out of it. Uh, so we're getting a short burn. Uh, you know, every time you walk by while you're in the shop or, or if you're sitting in your cottage working on your computer, um, you drop a little piece of, uh, something in it, uh, little twigs or, uh, scrap wood in it, uh, um, in order to, uh, keep it going, uh, every time you walk by, um, and then, uh, and then with the thermal mass in it, that's, that's hot releasing slowly, um, that uh, that'll you're not freezing when you wake up, or if you don't put as much thermal mass in it, uh, the one we just did in um, uh, in Denver uh, has a second drum, well, two thirds of a second drum sitting on top of it upside down, uh, acting as a bell to radiate the heat into the room, um, and that's all fitting in the uh, footprint of a uh, of a 50 gallon drum. Uh, and, uh, and it's not collapsing the floor of that trailer. Uh, the one in my house, uh, it ended up working too well for my, um, for the tree house. So it's, it's heating my double wide here in Cleveland. Um, and, uh, and then the one in the workshop there in, uh, Montana, uh, fires up nice and quick, uh, doesn't take up a huge amount of the workshop, uh, to do a bench and the bench would be, um, uh, not as useful just because, uh, uh, you don't want to, uh, have a large thermal battery there. You want the heat pumped out right now while you're there. So I want to, <clears throat> I want to get to the point where I'm going to describe what I see when I look, when I look at the cottage style rocket mass heater. But to do that, first what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pretend like there's an evolution here and that there's two steps to go through to get to the cottage style rocket mass heater. So I'm going to start with a pocket rocket. So a pocket rocket is, uh, traditionally has been a barrel and then you've got, um, a, a piece of ducting or pipe that goes down into the barrel that's flush with the top of the barrel, but it goes inside the barrel and is about eight inches from the bottom. And then, and that's your wood feet. And then there's another pipe that starts at the top of the barrel and goes up and out, and that's that's your exhaust. Now we've got pictures on Fermi's of some uh, pocket rockets that we built here about four years ago, and um, shortly after that we banned all pocket rockets from being used on the property because the uh, the wood feed, the metal that goes down inside the barrel, that's the wood feed tends to melt out and then whoa everything all right over there yep okay all right 
and and then uh, uh, so where did the metal go? Go it went up into the atmosphere. That's not where we want our metals to be. Um, uh, but they glow at the bottom. They, there's a lot of heat being pumped out at the bottom of uh, one of these pocket rockets. And so then uh, we were seeing we were using them in the shop uh, while we were building the initial uh, bench to heat the shop. The big shop, the big classroom now, and um, uh, so we had a 55 gallon drum in there for that. And then we were using a bunch of these different pocket rockets in a lot of different places because you could build them so fast and they throw off heat so fast. Um, but yeah, now now we don't allow them to be used. Then uh, Peter well, Winsberg, two years ago, what pocket rocket? The, the pocket rocket also tends to waste a lot of that heat. It just sends it up into the atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, the sides are glowing, but you're you're dumping a lot of you're dumping a lot of heat out into the atmosphere. And so, with the rocket heater, we're wanting to take you know a thousand fifteen hundred degrees temperature um, that you're getting from the the rocket, and we're wanting to to uh, to have it be less than two hundred degrees when it leaves the building, and that's just not happening with a pocket rocket. Uh, right. So we wanted to take the evolution further. Yeah. Yeah, very true. The next step of the evolution, I think, is uh, uh, Peter Vandenberg's Minnie Mouse. And uh, what what he did is is that uh, he that's also a, that's a four inch J tube system. Um, uh, it's uh, it's the dragon it's the dragon heater he invented. Dragonheaters dot com uh, licensed his uh, technology uh, to uh, to make that. So that's a pretty proven system uh, with certain limitations and uh, I think that's been bugging him since day one uh, as to the limitations of it so him uh, getting a chance to attack it again was really exciting because uh, it's a lot better heater since he got to play with it again at the Jamboree yeah that's that's what I've heard too um, uh, it people people who used it before basically felt that when the fire went out then they got cold and and it, which is yes. not what you want from a rocket mass heater. So um, the and now, in fact, didn't didn't you stay in the love shack while you were here? I did, yes. So you used yes, and it's and, and we had a lot. Of I used the heater nights. before. Yep. We we had snow on the. It ground. was cold. I think it. I think we got below freezing every night throughout the jamboree. Um, and, uh, and so then you would have a fire in there in the evening and then in the morning it was, it was cold and what, but the, uh, then we put his system in there. Yeah. Uh, it was cold in there. It was just plain cold in there. And then we put his, uh, put that system in there and he tweaked it and, um, it stayed warm. It stayed very comfortable, uh, until, uh, like, three or four in the morning and when we got up at seven or eight uh it wasn't bone numbingly cold anymore it was it was uh um just brisk enough to to suggest that you uh get dressed and move along with your life uh but which was a much better thing than bone numbingly cold okay so how like when when you're thinking like it's brisk in the morning because i was told that the people uh were warm in the morning and and it's like so you're saying it's warmer but not warm. Um, and it's yeah, it was better. So the 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 it was definitely better. Um, but that that's a, that building is a is a three season building, and uh, uh, and so to have a little tiny heater be able to make it not uh, freezing when you get up, but. Uh, uh, so it was probably 50 degrees um, uh, when when you know we get up at eight or so in the morning. Okay. And uh, well, as opposed to uh, uh, before, uh, you get up in the morning and it was well below freezing. So the the structure, the love shack, is an insulated structure with the exception of the door. And the door is just a layer of one by fours, um, and so in which case that's an uninsulated door, and you know there's a little bit of a gap and you know under the door and around the door, you know and I imagine certain points you could like 
see through the door, <laughs> you know. She's yeah, and 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 the and the walls um, in certain places. This is not this is not an attack on that building. I certainly would rather have been staying there than in a tent or any of the other uh, some of the other places. Uh, uh, the uh, what impresses me is that this little rocket um, uh, can do such a good job in a very basic shelter. Um, the because uh, 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 you know we're we're used to having completely sealed buildings and having uh, uh, if there's a wood stove that has to uh, try to heat that building, um, it's not also trying to heat a bunch of air coming in and out. Um, but the uh, this adding some thermal mass to a small rocket heater. Um, and, uh, and a bell to radiate slowly really, um, that really made a difference, uh, in, in the, uh, the way that this thing worked. Well, okay. If, if the case is, because of course we've got the teepee, which is an uninsulated structure. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing about the teepee is, is that you can go in there and you can run a fire in it and you'll stay warm all night. And not only that, but when you get up in the morning, it's relatively warm. Now, granted, in the teepee, when it was 26 below outside, then the people got up in the teepee in the morning and they felt like it felt like 50 or 55 inside and the fire had been out for eight hours. Right. So, but, you know. The teepee, the teepee does have. And, you know, it's a more elaborate And thermal mass, yeah. Yeah, and thermal mass. The thermal mass made a huge difference in the teepee. Uh, thermal mass is, is the, uh, is the magic bullet here. The rocket heater in my, uh, in my house, uh, went for two years without a thermal mass and, uh, uh, we would use it just to keep the chill off so we could watch TV in that, in that part of the house. Uh, but as soon as you stopped, it was like the workshop, like the cottage rocket, uh, in, uh, without mass in that as soon as you stopped feeding it, it got cold real quick. And, um, and that's not the case with, uh, with this little mini mouse, uh, cause that little bit of mass and, uh, uh, and the, the work that, um, that Peter did, to, to make the thing an efficient radiator in a small space, uh, made a big difference. So it does have some mass to it, but okay. Uh, based on based on what I had heard up to this moment, I thought, wow, it, it's working way better than I would have expected. That's great. And so, um, and I'm like, you know, all right, doodly do, doodly do. I'm going to walk away. It's doing what a rocket mass eater should do, which is that um, if the space is not particularly well insulated, then it's going to heat this. It's going to keep the. the you're going to wake up in the morning and it's going to be warm. Based on what you're saying now, I'm thinking like maybe we need to, to come back to Mini Mouse and explore how to optimize it further. And and but but I'm going to set that on hold for now. We're going to talk about Mini Mouse a little bit later. The thing I'm trying to do is I'm trying to describe the the general design of Mini Mouse. Yes. So that we can then talk about uh, the cottage heater and how how it compares to the cottage rocket mass heater. And and so Mini Mouse has a is a has a four inch J tube in it, but Mini Mouse has like it's a it's a fifty five gallon barrel with a little bump out the side for the opening of the J tube. And so yes. it's it ends up um, being bigger than a fifty five gallon drum. Now and inside of it has it has mass and stuff like that, but but of course it's it's designed in such a way that its core is not going to melt out. Um, and 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 we're going to talk about more about that here in a moment. Um, and then the cottage rocket is everything okay? It sounds like you're moving furniture or something. Oh, I'm just leaning back. Okay. Um. So the the cottage style. Is actually got a little in. It, it's got a dent in it. It's got like this little. The side of the barrel has a dent going into the 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 barrel, and then at the bottom of the dent is the wood feed. So like at, a, at about the the middle of the barrel is a little indentation, and then at the bottom of the indentation is the wood feed. It, and is it a four inch system? It is a six inch system and uh with some effort we could actually put a, an eight inch in there 
Um, and we've, we've done so in that with a, as a greenhouse heater. Uh, but, uh, it's a six inch system. <clears throat> so it gets the heat out of it that a six inch would expect. The four inch system puts out, uh, about 20,000, 18 to 20,000 BTUs an hour for the pro- time it's being fed. Um, and the six inch will produce about 35,000 BTU. Uh, an eight inch produces about 70,000 BTU. Um, per hour. Um, so getting a, the six inch, uh, puts out, uh, uh, a lot more heat than the four inch and the Mickey mouse, uh, is a four inch, uh, again, the, the, the core of it, uh, being a commercial refractory core, um, that's not going to burn out anytime soon, like metal, uh, with a, um, does, uh, it's got a, um, uh, vermiculite, uh, insulated heat riser. Uh, again, this is something that, uh, that, um, uh, Peter designed, uh, and was produced commercially. And, uh, and then, uh, he's actually taken that design. The Mickey Mouse was actually him tweaking the design to make it work even better. Yeah, I think, I think Minnie Mouse is a four inch system and it yes. has a, a metal core, which is something we should talk about here in a moment. I think that Fat Rabbit used the Dragon uh, core, um, and uh, he told me uh, – and Fat Rabbit had a destination. We never finished installing it, um, and now he says don't don't use Fat Rabbit. Um, uh-huh. and, and yeah, and so it's it's like oh, so there's there's more to be said about Fat Rabbit later, um, but. The but Minnie Mouse, I, I'm pretty sure Minnie Mouse is a steel core, um, and it's a it's a four inch steel core. I don't think Dragon makes a, a six inch core, and and uh, I I kind of you know I don't I don't want to bash Dragon, but I you know I do want to say that uh, I'm I'm not sending people that way. I I do wish for somebody to to come out with a uh, uh, a shipable core uh, that, that we could use that's that's uh, you know meet certain criteria and that's a that's a whole other conversation for another day. Uh, yes, we should have that conversation another day because there's actually been movement on that front. We should definitely have that conversation some other day. Stay right. tuned. Yeah, yeah. There's there's, but I at this point in time I have not seen a shipable core that I'm like oh finally we have. We have the thing that I've been dreaming of to see in the world of shippable cores, and so so the the, the one of the uh, solutions uh, I'll have to quote you here uh, that uh, you felt like that that there there are so many there's so so much need in general. You were talking about intentional communities. But, uh, that, uh, that I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that quote for this, that there, there's so much need and such a high rate of failure that the only solution is to keep trying things so that if you have a 98% failure rate, a 2% success rate, that you just keep trying more things so that that 2% success rate translates into more successes. Um, and, um, one of the, the successes with that, uh, was, uh, Chris Kendall, uh, liked the, the idea of something that people could build, uh, that, um, themselves that was more accessible than a Cobb rocket heater, um, but felt that a shippable core, uh, wasn't, uh, you know, relying on, um, on uh, consumerism to uh, uh, to solve that problem uh, uh, was going to actually not be successful uh, in the immediate future, and um, and his response has been to say, hey, let's let's do regional building parties with something simple like this cottage rocket as our as our template. So that, um, so that you can take something that doesn't cost very much, uh, and that, uh, uh, any of us poor hacks with a, uh, with a sawzall, uh, with a metal blade, uh, and some mud and some gravel, uh, and some fire brick can, can make something, um, and that, that, that'll be safe and, and work. So it was really kind of cool to put less than a hundred bucks 
products and materials uh, into something uh, that you can build at a gathering of friends uh, or people who want this thing. Um, everybody builds their own and goes home with it in a weekend. Um, it is kind of exciting, uh, and it bypasses that uh, some of the limitations we're finding with with the shippable shippable core. Uh, I think I, I think that uh, um, we've got a, a collection of different things to help people do the DIY thing. So you could, you could have those together. So I, you know there is going to be the cottage rocket, but then there's like earning Erica's book, which is you know really I really we should say it's Erica's book, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, uh, which details your conventional J tube style cob based rocket mass heater made out of mud kind of a thing and um and i and i agree that like the uh when it comes to tiny house kind of styles you've got uh the the cottage style uh and then there's also um uh, now the cyclone style materials cost for each of those is under 100 bucks uh and you can build it build it yourself um but then you know there's also the, the whole design of uh uh like the full-on standard eight-inch uh, Cobb-style rocket mass heater, which you can build for like twenty bucks, but most people tend to spend about two hundred bucks in materials for those kinds of things, and and so you've got a, a larger mass, and there, there there's reasons why this standard design is still the gold standard. So so um, we can talk later about. Uh, and especially as we kind of get talking about the casserole door, why, you know, J-Tube is still king. Uh, a batch box is a novelty that's coming up fast, and, and batch box will someday be the gold standard. But right now, batch box comes with baggage, and, and it's like, so J-Tube is the gold standard. And, and so I think that, um, uh, yeah, these systems, you know, can be built. They have their ups and downs, ins and outs. Um, and and the book, like like Erica's book, does a great job of helping somebody build something like that themselves. But I still think that that if you could get a shippable core for like five hundred bucks to your door, that a lot of yep. people would skip a lot of those steps and then just use. The, 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 the core that arrived, they'll just buy the core, it arrives, and then it, like, eliminates 70% of the complexity. And yeah. people, it's totally worth it. And yeah. then maybe on their second one, they'll do it without a shippable core. But for their first one, it's kind of like, it just seems like too big of a bite. You know, it's... And so I really think that the sh- a, ship- a good shippable core is going to make a big, big difference. But um, I, I, and I, and granted, you know, if you're going to have people getting together and building a, a cottage style or a standard jade tube or whatever, that 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 is a way to get past that hump, or have a workshop where you know somebody comes and they've built rocket mass heaters before and they teach the group. Generally, those end up being built in a day and a half. Um, yes. And so then it's like there are solutions in that space to make it a little bit easier and simpler for you. At the same time, I'd like to I, – I think that if somebody had a good shippable core available to your door for 500 bucks, I think that we would see 20 times more people building rocket mass heaters each year than what we're seeing now. I, I agree that there's a, um, and uh, in fact, my efforts with this cottage rocket uh, are uh, kind of the, the groundwork of my uh, shippable core, uh, my own shippable core idea. Uh, I think there's a range of offerings from uh, from ready-made down to uh, here's the design. Uh, and a template and, uh, uh, and a couple of the fiddly bits, uh, that you're going to screw up three times already carved out for you. Uh, go get some fire brick and some gravel and, uh, and put this thing together like you would a Lego, uh, set. Um, that's where I'm headed with this thing. Um, 
and I'm kind of excited about that. Um, the uh, uh, and and additionally, getting people excited about doing stuff together, uh, where uh, in your in a region of uh, having um, having a, a basis, a friendship basis of uh, uh, of having a you know a group that has the tools uh, that aren't worth getting for yourself for a one-off. Uh, a group that has a basis of bringing somebody in and everybody works together and you end up all going home with something that you can, uh, that you can put in your house, uh, and a better understanding of fire so you're less likely to burn your house down. Um, the, uh, one of the things I really liked about the Jamboree was the, um, the, the varying degrees of experience, uh, that we're all able to, uh, get some Something out of the jamboree, uh, you know, the having a hands-on building of the absolute basic uh, gold standard eight-inch, uh, and then um, at the same time uh, having these other projects going on that were some of which are are built around that um, that core unit, and some of which are are uh, departations from it. Uh, for specific purposes, um, that was a really rich uh, environment for, I think, people beginning to understand the process, understand uh, fire better. Um, I'm, I'm much more interested in people coming away with a better understanding of fire so that even if they, uh, even if they never build a, uh, a rocket heater, um, that at least please burn your your wood stove you've got more efficiently so the rest of us can breathe longer. Um, that's uh, you know that's a that's a good takeaway uh, from these events and uh, um, and anything that we can add to it in terms of products uh, when when you get someplace like Oregon where, even if you're, even if it's not strictly legal to build a rocket heater, your code guy at least knows what you're talking about, because uh, because Portland has made it legal, even if your jurisdiction hasn't. Um, uh, you've got a much better chance of having something good happen than when nobody's ever heard of it and thinks you're insane um, and thinks that you need to be protected from yourself. Um, that's you know that that's a very difficult place to start a revolution from. This podcast is continued in part two. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.